grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon.
but it is from the Father who sent me. I have told you these things while staying with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I told you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let it be afraid. You heard me tell you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you may believe. This is the Gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, beginning at the 23rd verse. I'd like to read these words once again. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will hold on to my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. The one who does not love me does not hold on to my words. The word that you are hearing is not mine, but it is from the Father who sent me. I have told you these things while staying with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I told you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let it be afraid. You heard me tell you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you love me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you may believe. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if I say the word Judas, I bet immediately you think of Judas, the one who betrayed Jesus. For those 30 silver coins, remember at Gethsemane, he betrayed him with a kiss. This was the Judas who was treasurer of the, the whole group of the apostles. And he was the one that went by the name Judas Iscariot. But did you know that there was, among the 12 apostles, a second Judas? In fact, we know very little about him. Through the process of elimination, we, we, we can figure out that he also went by the name Thaddeus. And outside of that, he is known to ask questions. What I find interesting and fascinating is we don't hear of a last name. We don't hear that he is a son of somebody. But when the scriptures always refers to the Judas, to this Judas, they always speak of him as the Judas, not Iscariot. So there was Judas Iscariot and Judas, not Iscariot. And it was the Judas, not Iscariot, that was actually the one who asked Jesus a question on the night he would be betrayed, on the night he instituted the Lord's Supper, on the night he washed the disciples' feet, on the night that he gave them that new command to love one another as I have loved you, and also the command concerning the Lord's Supper to do this in remembrance of me, Jesus would use this very evening as, as an opportunity to not only prepare his disciples 
for his pending suffering and death, which would take place on the cross the very next day. But he also was preparing them for his resurrection. But he didn't stop there. He was preparing them as well as for his ascension back into heaven. So when Jesus speaks of coming and going, well, we can certainly understand that in the light of his resurrection because he would be gone for a short period of time, less than three full days. But these words could also be pointing to his ascension back into heaven because he did ascend back into heaven with the promise that he would return with the holy angels on the last day, which is judgment day. But until then, Jesus made it clear that he was, yes, going away, but the world would not see him. But they would, his apostles, they would see him again. So for Judas, not Iscariot, that begged this question. Look, Lord, what has happened that you are going to show yourself to us? and not to the world. So our text is actually the answer to that question. And when you hear Jesus' answer, you may be tempted to think that Jesus is not really answering the question. But keep in mind, he is preparing his apostles, and he continues to do that. So in answer to the question, he brings up that when it comes to Jesus going and coming back again, that they needed to take to heart the Father's love, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and the peace of their Savior. Concerning the love of the Father, he would say, my Father will love him. And the him is referring to a believer. A believer who is trusting that it was the Father who sent the Son to come to be the Savior of the world. And, the, and, and he refers to this father as my father, really emphasizing his humanity because Jesus is the son of God. He is fully God. He is the second person of the Holy Trinity, the Trinity being one God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is the God we believe in. This is the one and only God that is out there, and all other gods are fakes and frauds. But Jesus, the Son of God, took on human flesh and referred to God the Father as my Father. He took on human flesh so that he could take on the sins of the world and in return win for us the forgiveness of sins. My Father will love him. How does that look? What is that like? He goes on to say, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Ultimately, that's what we're going to look forward to when our soul leaves this life to the glories of heaven. But even on the last day, when, when the bodies and souls will be united, and on that judgment day, all believers, all of us in Christ Jesus, will be taken to the glories of heaven. But we can also apply these words to the here and now. Our very Lord lives with us very now. He's made his home with us right now in our hearts by his holy word. And therefore, it is not surprising that Jesus would say this concerning that word. If anyone loves me, 
he will hold on to my word. Jesus says, this word is not mine, so it's not a figment of his imagination. He's speaking as the son of man. But these are the words of God. These are the words of the Father. And these are the words of the Almighty. Hold on to them. Obey them. Take them to heart. Learn them. Know them well. Because it is the word of God. And if you love him, you will hold on to that word. If you do not love him, then you will not hold on to that word. Now the word love here is not the word for friendship. The word love here is not the word for sensuality. In fact, it is the, the word agape. It is that word that's seen in the cross of Christ where, where Christ unconditionally gave his life for the sins of the world. This is an undeserved love. And it is motivated and empowered by that very love that you and I love. And we especially love the Savior. For without the Savior's love, we would not love. Remember, we love because he first loved us. And loving the Lord doesn't mean you just simply have feelings for him. You see, the world would say that love is more feelings. So if I had a scale of feelings, emotions on one side and actions on the other, the arrow would definitely point fully to emotions. And emotions come and go. They're up and down. They're back and forth. We're dealing with our emotions constantly all day long. But see, for the Lord, it's not so much feelings, but it's more so the actions. That's where the arrow points. It isn't that the Lord doesn't have emotions and feelings, but his emotions and feelings always show itself, especially love, in what he does. And therefore, love holds on to God's word. This is real love. This is love beyond love. And it's found in holy and obeying and keeping his holy word. My friends, many people will say that they love, and I bet you've used those words. Maybe if you've used them with a girlfriend or a boyfriend or and and maybe you're one when I grew up, my mother would always make my father, before he went out into the field, he, she would always make him give her a kiss, and she would always say, I love you, and he would reply back. I heard this every morning. Besides, my mother told me that she actually heard on a radio station that if you say you love someone and give them a kiss in the morning, you'll live 10 more years. <laughs> so I also heard that growing up. But it was very important to certainly, they said that, and I bet you've said that, and I bet you really meant it in your heart. I've been watching, uh, getting caught up in, in, in a couple that have been fighting and suing each other that has really hit the news. And to hear how they're fighting, and I don't doubt in the beginning they said they loved each other, but now the ex-husband won't even look at her and swore he would never look at her again. That doesn't sound loving at all. My dear friends, when love is just simply emotions, then it will always come and go. It will always be up and down. But real love, lasting love, 
godly love is obeying his word. This is why a faithful minister of God will always instruct in pre-marriage counseling the couple to always look to Christ. He will always confess to them that as you grow in your relationship to Jesus Christ, you will grow in your relationship with one another because the foundation of any Christian marriage, the foundation that God intended for marriage is Jesus Christ and holding on to the one who is called the Word. If I had to take these words and, and put them into a prayer, I would have to say, May the love of the Father be with you always. And along with that, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. We're told here that the Holy Spirit is called the counselor. The original word in the original language, the Greek language, is where we actually get our English word paraclete from. And that word is oftentimes used in our circles as a law, law term. The word literally means to offer aid to someone, to offer help to someone. And certainly a lawyer does that. He does that in behalf of his client, as he speaks in behalf of his client before the judge and the jury. But the word, as it's translated here, is oftentimes used in the sense of counseling, because that too is giving aid. And the translators to this one leaned towards this translation here, lean towards that counselor, especially when you hear these words. Whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything I told you. He counsels us by teaching us and reminding us and focusing on Jesus Christ and all he has said and done for us. So the Holy Spirit's work is not simply to promote himself. He's certainly not in competition with the Son of God. His work is to proclaim that holy name in our hearts. And that's where he lives. He doesn't work out of thin air. He doesn't work and thinking he's present when you think he's present. He's in our hearts, always working through the word. That's the means of his grace. And the one thing he does is call us to faith and keep us in that one true faith. Always, faith needs to have an object. And the, and, the, and the object of saving faith is always Jesus Christ, whom the Holy Spirit teaches. This is who comforts us. This is who's working in our hearts. And for those who think that Lutherans don't really care much about the Holy Spirit because we don't talk about him very much, we believe and teach that the Holy Spirit is God. We believe in the triune God. We believe that we are saved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who calls us to faith and testifies in our hearts of Jesus Christ and reminds us of Jesus Christ. He's the one that certainly supersedes anything that Satan throws at us, always pointing us to the foundation of Jesus Christ who's the foundation of that word. Yes, we believe in the Holy Spirit. For without the Holy Spirit, we could not be saved. For without the Holy Spirit, we could not, we would not have saving faith. But because of the Holy Spirit, testifying of Christ, 
we are comforted with the best comfort that could ever be given. And that is peace. So if I had to take these words and put them in a prayer, I would definitely say, may the comfort of the Holy Spirit be with you always. And also that peace that can only come from the Savior himself. Jesus refers to his peace as my peace. And he distinguishes his peace that comes from him alone. For he's the only right, the only one who has the right to give this kind of peace. As this is a peace that the world not, does not give. This is a peace that is, is not like the worldly peace that is here today and gone tomorrow. Or as I heard, as I read one commentator put it, it this is not a peace that consists of empty words with value that never lasts. No, his peace is forever. Because his peace does what no other peace could do. It brings comfort to a troubled heart. A heart that's overwhelmed by guilt. Guilt of one's own sins. For we not only inherited a sinful nature, but we commit sins. And knowing that God hates sin, and the punishment of sin is death. The peace that Jesus brings is the peace that, that chases away the fear and brings hope to the heart and to the soul. This is, this is the peace that has conquered death, and his resurrection is the proof. This is the peace that is founded on the fact that heaven is our home through faith in Christ Jesus alone. My friends, this peace is the forgiveness of sins. That is yours. God's free gift. And it is a gift he won for all. How sad that so many reject the Lord in unbelief and lose out on the peace that surpasses all understanding. So as we look forward to the return of our Lord on the last day, as we know that our Lord, of course, where two or three gathered together in his name, there he is with them. But in spite of that, we live each and every day with hope. Hope that is not wishful thinking but hope that is guaranteed, hope you can sink your teeth in, because at the heart of that hope that you and I enjoy, the heart of that hope that you and I can't live without, is this glorious truth. Hope is the love of the Father, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and the peace of your Savior. And that is always. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. 
If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org. May God bless you today and every day.